the Public News Service Daily Newscast, April the 4th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. Young people in the U.S. are incarcerated in juvenile facilities 240,000 times in 2019. That's according to a new report. And current methods significantly underrepresent how many are in detention. Youth incarceration data is typically measured through a one-day count in late October. The Sentencing Project report estimates at least 80% of the young people incarcerated are excluded from the count, most prevalent for youth who have been arrested and detained but have not had a court hearing. Report author Josh Rovner says getting the data right is critical, especially for youth of color disproportionately impacted by the juvenile justice system. Overwhelmingly, these are kids who are charged with low-level offenses. And so we are making all of ourselves less safe because kids who are in these facilities are more likely to get arrested again, having been detained the first time. In 2019, there were 379 pre-trial admissions of young people in Connecticut, according to state data, a 49% decrease from 2020. I'm Emily Scott. Meantime, in Arkansas, efforts to reduce the number of youth in detention facilities have been underway for several years now, Michael Krupp is with the Division of Youth Services. Rather than let kids stay too long, we wanted to make a concerted effort to get them the right amount of treatment they needed and to monitor that more closely than DYS had ever done before. So we put new processes in place to make sure that we are assessing them on the front end and then that we are reviewing their progress. In Arkansas, juvenile justice reforms that went into effect in July 2020 banned courts from committing youth to DYS for misdemeanor offenses if they aren't deemed to be low risk. And many people are looking for ways to help Ukrainians affected by the war. However, our Eric Tegadoff lets us know they should be on the lookout for scams. Lynn Heider with the Northwest Credit Union Association says, unfortunately, emergencies breed fraud. She says credit unions in the Northwest have been heartened by the outpouring for Ukraine, and so there are a few tips to keep in mind with donating. Heider says people should look for well-established charities. Consider charities that have global reach, that have experience going into situations like this and providing on-the-ground services that are very effective. Heider points to two organizations based in the Northwest, Mercy Corps and World Vision, as examples of charities already in Ukraine providing assistance. The Better Business Bureau says it's already seeing scams pop up. Heider says the organization is a good resource for looking into charities' legitimacy. One way to give safely is check with credit unions, because many are directing funds to established organizations. Also, be extra careful when looking at crowdfunding sites. This is PNS. Now from the Sacramento Bee, six people killed, 12 others injured in a mass shooting in downtown Sacramento early on Sunday. They transformed a busy section of the central city into a horrific crime scene of blood, shattered glass, and grieving relatives. The Bee reports the shooting took place in the vicinity of the 1000 block of K Street, that's near a strip of nightclubs, close to Sacramento landmarks, including the Golden One Center and the Capitol. Police say they're looking into the possibility of fight or altercation took place just before the shooting. In Colorado, folks already seeing the impacts of climate change, rising temperatures, more frequent and severe wildfires, flooding, and prolonged drought. Economists are stepping into the fray to help communities identify and mitigate 
those risks. Pagad Jalali with the Colorado Fiscal Institute says their new website allows Coloradans to see, for example, how air pollution from highways, power plants and refineries and wildfires is impacting their neighborhoods. These are all impacting the health of our communities and also they're impacting our economy because our economy in Colorado is heavily dependent on our environment because of our auto recreation industry and our agriculture. Jalali says ColoradoClimateChange.com was created in part to help Colorado residents see how climate change is projected to play out by 2050 and what can be done to avoid the most catastrophic scenarios. An interactive map shows a range of hazards projected by scientists if steps are taken quickly to stop burning fossil fuels or if business continues as usual. I'm Eric Galatis. Finally, our Mike Mullen tells us North Dakota has some of the lowest student loan debt rates in the U.S., But like all states, payments are a growing burden for older adults. Borrowers are being urged to monitor an upcoming date. May 1st is when the federal government might lift the moratorium on student loan payments. It's still uncertain whether the two-year freeze will be extended. In the meantime, borrowers such as Stacey Eichen of Bismarck are calling attention to the loans they're repaying after age 50. In the past, she didn't envision her own college costs would intersect with retirement planning. It was interesting for me to go, well, that would be, you know, X number of dollars I would not put towards a smaller home or or to put away back into some sort of a retirement fund, but to take care of the the existing bills. Eichen is still paying off grad school loans after a mid-career change and is co-signer for college loans for her two children. No matter when the moratorium is lifted, Groups such as AARP urge those in similar situations to explore repayment and forgiveness options. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service. Member and supported. Heard on radio stations big and small. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.